0: This edition of The Wellness Prescription is brought to you by Healthy Planet, helping the people of the world to live healthy lives.
1: Welcome to The Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you all for joining me today. As we prepare to exit COVID-related restrictions and get back to enjoying restaurants, entertainment venues, and social events, it's likely that many will see an increase in their spending over the coming weeks and months. We often forget that our finances can impact our health. If we are concerned with overspending or not saving, it can create unwanted stress and we all know what stress can do to our health. Joining me today is Simeon papa Ilias. He is a finance expert and with over two decades of experience in corporate Canada. He's going to help us navigate this financial situation and this unique financial time in our lives. Thank you for joining me today.
0: You're very, very welcome. It's my pleasure to be here, doctor.
1: So let's begin by sharing with listeners your experience as a finance expert. What does that mean?
0: Well, I've been at it for some time. I, back in uh, early two thousands, I graduated. Uh, with I, I did accounting and financial management, uh, as far as my studies are concerned, here in Toronto to Ryerson. Uh, and I got into uh, the, the receivables business with CIBC, American Express, as well as third-party companies for consulting and Um, restructuring bad debt, ensuring that both small businesses uh, and high net worth individuals are able to get back uh, in line using financial instruments um, and strategies to to get their issues addressed uh, if they had any. And of course, uh, for small businesses, how to get back on the wheel and thrive as a business using financial tools um, that were available to them at the time.
1: And so it's been about two years since the world experienced change like no other time in history. What can yeah. we, yeah? What can we expect our financial situation to look like moving forward in terms of spending and saving money?
0: So, so a lot of things happened during the pandemic that people did not anticipate. Um, a, a lot of people had were forced out of work. A lot of people. Um, were were overwhelmed with work. Uh, so it just depends kind of where you landed. But what nobody saw coming is the way that how conservative Canadians are. Um, the banks were literally drowning in money of savings. Canadians are savers. Uh, and that that to me makes me very proud to be Canadian. And it makes me proud to see that the majority of people whether they were negatively or positively affected, were able to save during the pandemic, uh, not just because restaurants were closed and theaters were closed, but because when when we were faced uh, with adversity uh, in a pandemic, not knowing what the future held, people did what they knew was the right thing to do, which is to financially prepare the best they could, which is why it's so important with a reopening to remember those fundamental principles.
1: Okay, so I feel like I saved money during COVID lockdowns. And for the simple fact that there was no travel, there were no restaurants, extracurricular activities were halted. So I feel like just because of that, I saved money. Now, you're saying to me that it's not necessarily the reason why we saved money. Do most people feel the same as me?
0: Uh, well, I can definitely tell you that most people did automatically save money because they had nowhere to spend it. I agree. Mm-hmm. I'm saying above and beyond that, uh, Canadian financial profiling character showed its true colors, and we are a nation of savers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at this point, it's something to be proud of and something to keep in mind as uh, our our outgoing liberties come back, and we can go back to restaurants, and we can go back to to the stores, how do we not uh, go back to some bad financial habits? So, what are the things we can do to stay diligent and grow both our security, our confidence, uh, and our wallets at the same time? Right.
1: Right. And so, as we begin to climb out of this pandemic, what do what will spending look like? So, what industry is expected to see the most growth in spending?
0: Well, the most the most growth of spending will be definitely the entertainment uh, and hospitality sectors. Uh, people have pent up uh, demand to get to Mexico to to go to restaurants, <laughs> to go to the theaters, to play pool with their friends. So I think we're going to see, uh, uh, of course, the the exodus from home uh, mm-hmm. and getting back into normalcy. Uh, so I think that's going to be very short term. Um, in in the long term, we're going to see some bigger spending again. Like cars have been. Uh, vehicles have been restricted, meaning the computer chip shortage, logistical challenges around the the world. Um, So we're going to see a lot of people making some big-ticket item spending. Mm -hmm. So it's just um, let's stick to the principles of of, uh, budgeting and saving, and I'm happy to cover some of those things off with you today, Doctor. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's going to be very, very crucial that we stay away from impulse uh, decisions and, of course, trying to keep up with the Joneses. So those are the biggest uh, toxicities is impulse and uh, trying to keep up, trying to make purchases uh, for the wrong reasons.
1: And so, you know what, that's such a good point. And I feel like that's kind of what, you know, drives the economy is all the indulged spending and keeping up with the Joneses. Joneses. But there are people who are going to be money conscious. Who will be more money conscious in this post-pandemic world?
0: Uh, I think the people who got hurt the most right. uh, are going to be the most money conscious. I think people who worked in very public settings that were directly impacted instantly uh, are going to be hurt. I think gig workers are the same people that our government is trying to protect by passing a new bill right now. Uh, they were impacted uh, significantly. So so anybody who is in settings where you depend uh, on large crowds, where you depend on uh, You know the the walk by traffic, the retail sector. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember in March um, walking down King Street in Toronto, uh, and you could literally shoot a cannon through King Street, and you would hit nothing and no one. (laughs) It it was uh, it was scary. So to see the city rally back at this point is pleasant, and to see those people working again and uh, functioning, I think everything is with caution. So all these people remember all too well what happened to their income, and they have to move out and. Mm-hmm. all those things. So I'm I'm going to see those people saving and taking their financial security a little bit more, uh, a, a little more, more, a look in, in depth.
1: Right. <laughs> so, and it's so, and it's so true. It's a good point. I mean, so it was like two groups of people, people who actually were able to save the money and who felt they were saving money. And then people who were negatively impacted, losing their jobs and, you know, having to shut down their businesses. But I feel that, you know, we do want, as much as Canadians are conservative, and we should be proud of that, but we also want to see some spending because that's what's going to drive the economy. Am I right about that?
0: hundred percent you are. And saving money will never uh, compensate for, for saving and investing intelligently. Mm-hmm. Meaning that it, when inflation goes up, every dollar you have in the bank loses purchasing power. Right. So to to put money under the mattress, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. uh, does not do you any good. It actually loses five, eight, ten percent a year, whatever the inflation rate may be at the time, mm-hmm. in actual purchasing power. And we've seen a shift in inflation in the last six months that like we've never seen before. And it doesn't take much to look at gas, uh, where I filled up my car yesterday and it was one hundred and sixty dollars, mm-hmm. uh, and it was eighty five dollars less than a year ago.
1: And so. so Yeah, and I feel like you 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 made a really valid point. Something that I want to touch on. So you know, the old paradigm of shoving the money in the mattress, you know, saving, 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 is that that doesn't work for us anymore, right?
0: It definitely does not work for us anymore, and this is uh, the time in history that that will be put to the test more than ever. Um, As what I mean by that is the people, like as we've seen, real estate in Canada has. Uh, gone haywire, and there's a reason for that. Uh, the invest in real estate segment of the population has tenxed in the last, let's call it, three years. Mm-hmm. People understand that there is not enough housing in Canada to house the people that we have, uh, let alone the 300,000 people that we plan to bring in every year. So people have caught wind of that. They are intelligently uh, putting their money into real commodities. Uh, such as housing, and now they're seeing um, unseen and unheard of before returns as a result. Mm -hmm. So that's exactly what we should be doing is understanding good debt versus bad debt, such as mortgages versus credit cards, Um, understanding that saving is only amazing if you do the right thing with it, and uh, that, that's what we're seeing out there.
1: And I love that. And so let's go back to our point about overindulging and, you know, you know, keeping up with the Joneses. So let's talk about, you know, the good debt and the bad debt and how that sure. has to be about. There has to be a balance between the two.
0: Yeah. So so, so I will make this as clear as day, <laughs> as clear as day. Uh, if I were today, let's say we live in a, a, a modest for lack of a better example, home anywhere in Canada. Mm -hmm. And we have a choice. We're either going to spend $50,000 to redo the driveway, buy new couches, do all the things to have a beautiful home because we want to look exactly like the neighbors beside us or we want to put in a pool. On one hand, you have the reward of looking at your beautiful couch and enjoying it. On the other side, you kind of took fifty thousand, use that as a down payment, and locked in an income property, locked in a little condo, locked in something, anything, that is actually tied to the market that your home is in. So your fifty thousand dollars down payment, which buys an asset, that is serviced with rent from a tenant is going to grow over the same time where your couch is going to be garbage on the side of the street in the next seven years. Hmm. So you're talking literally minus 50,000 versus plus 300,000.
1: Right. Okay.
0: So, so when you, the, the scales of justice, when it comes to, and we're talking about impulse buying, why, why would you want to buy a couch? Did you need one? Probably not
1: mm-hmm.
0: more than likely not. You did it because you saw it and it was beautiful and you're, turning the pages on the magazine. Now, so it's just making those decisions. Not that there's you shouldn't enjoy your life,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but when we're talking about knowing that you created a quarter million dollars in wealth over a five or ten-year period mm-hmm. versus by making those decisions, you can sleep at night. Going back to mental health and wellness, you don't have the anxiety that if something were to go wrong, you would be out on the street or you would suffer.
1: Right. That's so a very I think that's
0: powerful. where the intelligence comes in. Mm-hmm. That's where the, the, the careful planning comes in.
1: And and so that's where you step in or, you know, financial advisors. Now, do, we, do you feel that people are going to be smarter and make those decisions in this post-pandemic world? Or are we going to revert back to, you know, spending in indulgences?
0: Um, I think there's always going to be both. But I do think this pandemic has pointed out that life can change overnight. And I'm not talking about, you know, personal circumstance on a one-off basis. Mm-hmm. The entire world changed as a result of this. And it can happen again if it so chooses. I think watching the the news today with global conflict, etc., again, is a stark reminder that nothing is for granted. Nothing. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And, I agree. and
0: the only thing we can do is what we control. We can't control what global leaders around the world do, but we can control uh, the things that can bring us peace uh, and, and fulfillment inside our homes. So I, I, I'm a strong believer that the world is going to be a better place as a result of all this. Uh, I think a lot of us have learned lessons that uh, it would only be taught during something this crazy like the pandemic
1: Mm -hmm. now in terms of overindulging we know that the price of everything has gone up so gas has gone up food has gone up i mean housing has gone up big ticket items like cars and um you know anything electronics has gone up significantly are we going to continue to see this rise in pricing? And is this going to create like a, a larger class distinction?
0: Um, I, that's a little bit of a crystal ball question. I will give okay. you my opinion naturally. Okay. Um, I, I don't think so. I, I think once the, the, the supply chain normalizes, mm-hmm. uh, meaning be- between the pandemic and this, uh, this obviously big uh, global conflict in Europe, um, It is going to cause its mark. Again, we're extending the pandemic uh, damage by this type of uh, global conflict in in Russia and Ukraine. But um, at this point, I do think that once these big issues are behind us um, and the supply chain is corrected, we are going to see normalcy. Just like we saw uh, lumber uh, and construction material skyrocket last year and come back down, Mm -hmm. it was a matter of supply chain, supply demand. And once that was corrected, uh, the price is corrected. Uh, And we're talking about major spikes. So I do think gas is going to come back down. I do know as a fact that a lot of construction materials will come back down once these trucking issues, the border issues are dealt with. We're going to see some normalcy. So I'm very hopeful and optimistic.
1: I like that. I think that's what we all need to hear is a bit of hopefulness and optimism um, as we climb out of this pandemic um, and keep the economy moving. Because I feel like I'm not an I'm not an economics expert, but I feel like movement in the economy is good. So these ups and downs where things are expensive, then they normalize. This actually is good for the economy.
0: Well, because it's moving, right? It hasn't halted. So and that's the key here. The key here is consistency in, in the labor force, uh growth in the labor force. We need to get our people back out working. Mm-hmm. Uh and once we see that happening, uh the the rest of it is typically positive. Uh it's just so, so there's just so much uh volatility where uh everyone is scared to, to you know make a formal opinion. Mm-hmm. But, um, but overall I think we're in for good news from here. I do.
1: And so for you know, a, a, let's say a you know two dual-income family who's looking to get back to making a few and like things in their life, lo- doing a few things in their lives they're going to be able to enjoy. So maybe getting back to entertainment and restaurants, and maybe a bit of traveling. What do you recommend is a great place to start, where you're saving money, but you're also able to spend a bit of money?
0: Yeah. So so I always stick to the to the principles of of fifty, thirty, twenty. of your income should be servicing your needs. Uh, If it's above that, you're already overspending. So if your family has a household income of $70,000, $35,000 a year should be going to rent, car payment, insurance, et cetera, your your basic needs. Mm -hmm. 30% should be the ones, travel, theaters, restaurants, et cetera. 20% has to go to savings, 20% 20% has to be invested and or put in a plan where it can grow and safeguard the future of your family, of yourself, your children, education, dreams, etc. 50, 30, 20. The bottom line is, again, using the 70000 a year um, example or whether it's 100000 to make the math easier, 20000 has to go to savings. Right. 30000 which is 2500 bucks a month. Can be spent on your wants, movie theater, saving for a vacation, going to restaurants. Fifty thousand has to service your needs. So it's not it's not out to lunch. It's not too strict. It's not too much of anything. It can be done. You need to write your goals down. You need anything that we journal typically comes true. Anything we focus on, our perception is our reality, as we all know. Mm-hmm. The financial health has to be part of that overall mental and physical health plan.
1: I love that. I love the financial health concept. When we come back, why we should be saving money for our health. This is the Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us.
0: Connect with us on Twitter at 105.9 The Region or call 416-335-1059 or email info at 1059theregion.com. This is 105.9 The Region. The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia on 105.9 The Region.
1: You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to The Wellness Prescription. Before the break, we were discussing what post-pandemic spending will look like and where most of us will start spending again. So it'll be entertainment, it'll be restaurants, which is a good thing. So, Simeon, prior to the pandemic, would you say spending um, and consumerism was at an all-time high?
0: Um. I I don't, I don't really know if it would be at an all-time high, Mm -hmm. but I can tell you from my personal experience, I had never been spending more. So, (laughs) from my perspective, I was
1: definitely at an all-time high. Right.
0: Which you know, I I think life was good for a long time. So I I have to agree that people never saw anything this dark, like the pandemic coming. So yes, people were living their lives and spending, and consumerism was definitely uh, the forefront where we were talking constantly about. You, you know, our GDP to income ratio and mm-hmm. how Canadians were at the top of the debt pyramid globally.
1: Right. And like, do we, Do you think that our economy will return eventually to that pre-pandemic spending? Um, or do you think that we're going to stay kind of low-key for a while?
0: Um, I, I do think we're going to stay far more low-key than we used to. I think too many people got um, hurt during the pandemic, Mm -hmm. to to go back uh, to their old tricks. Right. Um, So I do believe that we are going to see some some tapering down of spending and um, a a continued increase in savings.
1: Now, we all know that our health is impacted by many factors and financial stress um, can have a negative effect on our health. Do you think that individuals and families should start putting money aside for wellness?
0: I absolutely do. I'm a massive proponent of reducing stress and anxiety related to finances. Uh, And people have to know it's much easier said Mm -hmm. than done, but it can be very easily done if it's said enough times, meaning we have to believe it. We have to keep focused on it. We have to write our goals down uh, and make them happen into our lives.
1: And so putting money aside for wellness, what would that look like? So, I'll tell you what I think it should look like just because I'm a, you know, he- I'm in the health and wellness field and I always have allotted time, money, and resources for my health and for the health of my family. But this is a new world we live in. So I feel that we should start putting money aside, especially if you don't have a job where you have annual benefits to apply to that. So we should start putting money aside for, um, you know, taking care of our health. So extra things that we could do, maybe memberships to the gym or making sure that you're getting your monthly treatments, whether it's for mental health or physical health. I think we should... So so maybe in that 20% that we're saving per year, do we include money for that, or do we create a separate category?
0: Uh, yeah. So, so the 20% of of saving is not that does not include that. But I think wellness uh, is not a, a luxury. I think wellness is is, is something that we all need. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we were put on this planet uh, with a purpose, and that is to, to live out our best lives and you cannot live out your best life if you're sitting inside in a dark place and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to get your body running, uh, be having a gym membership if you're in an urban setting, or being part of recreational clubs, uh, clubs if you are um, kind of in, in the outside counties and or rural settings. Uh, is I, I don't, that's, that's a prerequisite for life, for a happy life and a healthy life. So um, r- working out regularly, being social while doing so, these are getting uh, your body through a treatment, whether it's a massage um, to every so often to relax those muscles and have those uh, senses invigorated uh, through those processes. I think is the, the, of utmost importance.
1: And so I I couldn't agree with you more, but. Let's talk about Generation Z because they are the up-and-coming group. Do you think that they will be more worried about spending or do you think it'll be the generation that will be putting money to, more money towards health and wellness and living a um, more fulfilled lifestyle?
0: Uh, I am meeting a ton of our interns and newly hired staff all the time mm-hmm. and I can tell you with absolute pleasure the Generation Z will be just fine. They prioritize their health. Uh, they prioritize the things that life can can give us. Um, I don't see it as a stressed out uh, Generation X that I am. Um, and I, I, I am very, again, hopeful and optimistic for the future because they know there's no point in saving money uh, if you're not healthy to enjoy it. And, and I'm uh, in my 40s now, and I can tell you with absolute conviction that that is the best statement ever made.
1: <laughs> I'm there, in my 40s no too, and being I agree. There's financially
0: sane <laughs> if you're insane to begin with. So,
1: yeah, I agree. I totally agree, and I and I agree with you. I think that this generation coming up is not going to be like our generation. They are going to be a bit more balanced because they were able to experience when things were out of balance. For example, the pandemic.
0: Yeah, they've seen us stress out, and they don't like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, do I think they're in tune uh, with with uh, saving and investment? I don't, but I think it's a matter of an educational gap. Mm-hmm. And I will continue to my my purpose at this point is is to give back. I've been very very blessed throughout my career in both finance and real estate, uh, and I'm making all these educational tools to give back and empower people to save, invest, and live their best lives. So.
1: So let's talk about that. You have a new program coming out, you said, or a, um, a book coming out at the end of March, likely. So let's talk about that. Tell us all about sure. it. Sure. Yes.
0: Yeah, so so I've, been, um, I, I've been training the, the real estate leaders, uh, such as brokerages, brokers, kind of the leading people in the real estate industry on how to best serve and create the best value for their clients. Through that, I discovered that the biggest gap Uh, in real estate is not getting people to learn how to best sell a home, rather on how to best invest in real estate and create generational wealth. So taking my financial background and my real estate uh, background and combining them both, I started a new program uh, and it's been uh, called Investor's Playbook. And it's going to be found at investorsplaybook.com. And what you do, you have an opportunity to learn. It's kind of like a master class, uh, for lack of a better word, setting, where you're going to watch myself interview the biggest movers, shakers, leaders in the finance and real estate world. And you'll be able to learn how and where to make financial decisions like they do, meaning following the smart money, following people who create the opportunity rather than being behind in just catching just uh, the the cold trails. So you'll be actively able to invest and learn how to invest in the biggest um, financial instruments and housing instruments in the country.
1: I love that. And that's coming out at the end of March. You bet. And so tell listeners where they can find this and where they can find you on social media so they can follow along and then take advantage of this amazing program.
0: You bet. So, so the easiest, uh, the best place to go right now uh, would be my personal um, socials. Uh, all my handles across all platforms are s Which, whether it's LinkedIn, uh, whether it's Instagram or Facebook, Twitter, uh, it is s Uh As the website has still not been up, I really wish it was. Uh, the website will be investorsplaybook.com, and that's where the entire ecosystem will live. The financial tools the helplines, the contacts, the opportunities, and, of course, the masterclasses.
1: That's amazing. And
0: there will be no cost to any of it.
1: And that's <laughs> and the that's best so part. Exactly. That's the best part. We're, we're still in the saving mode. We're Canadian after all. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I will be sure to spread the word, and I hope everybody takes advantage of this. And anybody can always find me on Instagram at Claudia underscore or my website, ClaudiaMaciela.com. That's my show for this week. If you missed it, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, google amazon music and of course audible i'm dr claudia thank you for listening
0: the wellness prescription was brought to you by healthy planet order online at healthyplanetcanada.com or go online to find a location nearest you